you're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of Currency Cloud Payments Innovation Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Bill Degg from Quandl. Bill is a senior data scientist at Quandl. Bill, why don't you go ahead and give the audience a quick introduction to yourself and Quandl. We can kind of carry the conversation from there. Sure. Sounds good. I'm uh, on the management team here at Quandl. And uh, before that, I was at uh, NASDAQ leading our alternative data efforts, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit. And when NASDAQ acquired Quandl at the end of last year, sort of moved over here to help do the business and help it grow, help bridge the gap between investors and, and folks with interesting data. So happy to talk about, about that today. Excellent. And Bill, you know, from, it looks like you obviously have a pretty long history in data space. Can, can just for some context for the audience, can you talk a little bit about how you came up and what got you into this business and, and what excites you about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I started in physics. That's sort of my training. And Definitely developed a love for measuring things and worked with a lot of data and, and programming there. So when I finished school, I decided I wanted to do you know more stuff with data and, and machine learning. So I went to a startup and then eventually found my way to, to NASDAQ not so long after, working on some big data challenges there. And that sort of evolved into the data science team, which you know which we, we stood up to help make take advantage of all the data we have as a global exchange. Then we got really interested in in the alternative data world. And I think what's so interesting about where we are today is that we're sort of in the middle of a really interesting time. We're living through the data revolution, essentially. The quantity of data that's being generated just continues to increase exponentially. And now pretty much everything a business and to some extent people do is being censored and, and measured and data is being collected on that. And so more data is being collected and stored than ever before. I think, you know, what's the stat from IBM? It's like, you know, in the last two years, more data was generated than any year before, right? And so I think that that trend is going to continue. If you look at things like Internet of Things and 5G, it's really hard to imagine that slowing down. So I think that's, that's part of it. But that's not the only thing that makes now such an interesting time. If you add in to all of that data, things like the cloud making compute sort of basically ubiquitous and cheap. Storage is cheaper than it's ever been. Um, add in the maturing of sort of big data technologies, machine learning techniques like you know TensorFlow and deep learning. It's really making it possible to actually extract value from all that data. Uh, you can start to drive business decisions from all that data you've been collecting and storing. So add to that, you have this whole new generation of talent coming to the workforce with a totally new skill set, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and they're trained to extract value from data. Um, you know, a few years ago, data scientists as a career path didn't exist. So, you know, so much has changed over the past few years. It's just really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, data is huge along with AI. And so I know Quandl, you guys work really closely with a lot of Wall Street firms, obviously being owned by NASDAQ. How do you guys see all this data? What data are you are you specifically working with, I guess, harvesting, if you will, and then how, how are your customers taking advantage of that today? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, here's, here's how we think about it, right? I mean, it, every company today basically needs to be storing and taking advantage of the data they have in order to be competitive, right? And so you look at, unsurprisingly, the most valuable co companies in the world are data companies, right? 
And so companies are storing more data than, than ever before. And usually that data is a byproduct of their main business. And because sort of businesses are sort of economic entities, it's not too far of a stretch to say sometimes that sort of exhaust data, that byproduct actually has value, you know, outside the four walls of, of that particular business. You know, it could be useful for understanding consumer habits or preferences, it can help you get a read on how a sector industry is changing, some of the competitive dynamics, or just a, a broader overall picture of the economy. So, you know, relevant data can come from anywhere, across sectors, across business functions. Right now, it's really locked up inside different companies out there, and we're just starting to scratch the surface in terms of understanding how each of those different puzzle pieces can fit together and build an overall, you know, more complete picture. We're just starting to appreciate the value. So when you bring that to Wall Street, where Wall Street has always been an information game, right? In investing is sort of endemic to investing is information advantage, right? That's just pretty much how markets work. So speed, accuracy, completeness of information is really important. So as it gets easier and easier to find and utilize interesting data, investors will naturally become more data-driven, right? And the demand for new unique data sources will, will continue to rise. Uh, and that's exactly what we've seen, right? We've, uh, over the past few years, we've seen the creation of an entirely new market within the financial services industry, you know, the market for alternative data. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by alternative data is essentially, you know, it's non-traditional and non-traditional in the sense that it's not typically what, you know, an investor would use in their investing process. You know, that's not the traditional fundamental analysis, looking at the accounting ratios and the, the earnings reports. You know, alternative data really brings in more information about what's actually happening, um, you know, on the ground with a company, its customers, competitors. So we have products that use satellite images to measure, you know, the production of copper and aluminum around the world. We use, uh, we partner with car insurance companies to essentially get a read on how many new cars are being sold in the U.S. and what's the make and model to help investors understand what's happening in the auto industry. So, you know, anything that allows you to help measure, you know, what's happening um, could be useful for, for investors. So the space is unsurprisingly, you know, growing really quickly. You know, experts uh, and analysts are predicting that the alternative data business will be like a $7 billion industry in a few years. So it's, uh, it's definitely taking off. Yeah. And so Quando doesn't just, uh, I guess, aggregate data. You're also actually helping other companies that maybe aren't experts in how to even harness their own data. You're helping them understand what data they have and how valuable it is and maybe how to monetize it. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe, maybe the right sort of way to contextualize it is I'll start with like an analogy, right? So you know, I mentioned sort of the, the word data revolution. And I guess I'll, I'll pick on the, the last revolution for, uh, for, for guidance here. So at the tail end of like the 19th century, if you look at how factories were sort of operated, they were powered by these gigantic steam engines that were centrally positioned in the plant. Uh, power was distributed throughout the factory by like a series of centrally driven pulleys and belts that had to like bring, you know, basically rotational power to each piece of equipment. The equipment had to be built around these engines. So when electricity started to become a, a thing, um, everybody's very excited about the potential for the technology, you know, and how it could drastically improve productivity. But the, and the factory managers, they ripped out their steam engines and they rushed to buy the biggest electric motors they could find. And they plugged them into the same belts and pulleys as before. And they saw absolutely zero improvement in production. 
And it wasn't until 20 or 30 years later, until an entirely new generation of architects, designers, factory managers came and, and started to rethink how they could leverage electricity, build the factories around the capabilities of electricity. They shrank the motors and put a, an individual motor in each of the uh, you know, pieces of equipment. It really just you know, led to complementary innovations like the assembly line, et cetera. So if you think about where we're at with this data explosion, um, it's easy to see the potential. But when it comes to you know, putting it into practice, um, firms are really struggling to uh, sort of bridge the gap and think about how do I need to reorient my business practices to A, make, make, take advantage of interesting data, or B, on the other side, make my data useful for others to consume and use. And so that's where Quandle comes in, right? We sit in the middle, sort of bridging that gap. So we're experts at understanding how investors work and their process. We understand what they need to be sort of data-driven and have, you know, make good investment decisions. And then we go out and we scour the world to find unique, interesting, undiscovered data. And we'll bring that in-house, we process it, and then create unique data products that investors can, you know, can, can leverage. So mm -hmm. essentially, we turn exhaust data from a variety of industries into you know, products, into a format that can help investors be, be smarter. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's also a good segue since this is the Payments Innovation Podcast. Uh, I know we talked uh, previously about you know, what you guys are seeing as far as the demand about regarding consumer payment data and even corporate payment data that payments companies like Currency Cloud has. And there's a huge demand on Wall Street. Can you give us a little more background on that? Yeah, for sure. So payments data is one of the most valuable types of alternative data. And if you think about it, there's a, there's a really good fundamental reason why, that, why that's true. Uh, and that's because consumer spending is so closely related to an individual company's sort of performance, right? It, it's sales. And that's what we like to call here at, at Quandle. We, we say that, that it's close to the sun, economically speaking. And what I mean by close to the sun is sort of really gets to or measures that core exchange of value, the unit economics of a business. It allows you to easily sort of measure or, or, or predict business unit economics. So not all, not all alternative data is created equal. Not everything is close to the sun in that, in that sense. So I'll give you an example. Say I want to understand how retailers are performing on something like same-store sales, right? I want to see you know, what, they're, you know, what um, uh, Walmart is doing or, or any other retailer. Well, I mean, I can use weather data um, to predict whether or not people will go shopping. Actually, that's a really good predictor of um, how many people go shopping, right? Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants to go out in the rain or the snow. But what's even better is I can use geolocation from mobile phones to see if people actually do go shopping, what stores they visit, how, you know, how much time do they spend there, et cetera. But even better than that, I can use data from the PUS system, mobile wallets or credit cards to see what they actually bought, right? So you see like, you know, they all sort of point to the same thing, which is the spending activity, but you know, payments is just such a direct measurement. It's tough to beat in terms of predictive power. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that's where the opportunity comes in for you know for maybe for your listeners right so payment companies obviously sit at a um, a really critical juncture in the whole sort of economic flow of things right so we're seeing definitely a lot of demand and a lot of interesting conversations around payment companies and what they can offer to to Wall Street investors. Yeah, without naming any 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 names, I obviously 
you guys are working with payments companies today to, to kind of help them harness the data and what what kind of i guess returns on the data as far as the monetary value are you seeing yeah so it really depends i mean it's it's a huge spectrum and and this this space is uh, obviously it's a little bit new and so you're going to get a lot of dispersion but what we've seen is you know really good solid credit card data commands a you know seven figure price point for for hedge funds on an annual basis hmm. so you know if you have a panel of you know, a large number of, for example, the U.S. population, and you know, it's really, it's really good and um, debiased, and you know, is clean. That's that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, obviously, it runs the gamut, but there are some some areas of demand. Uh, we're actually working on a product right now uh, focused on looking at it, e-commerce. So, instead of you know, uh, re- physical retail stores, uh, we we wanted to get a, a lens on what's happening, you know, online. So we partnered with a number of online retailers to um, essentially get access to their transactions and and product level information. So we're able to essentially give investors a view into, you know, what's happening with particular products for for almost all of the online traffic. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, obviously today everyone's so concerned with data security, data privacy. We always hear there's a new hack every day. How does Quandle ensure that the hedge funds that are now receiving this data do the right thing with it. Uh, how is, how would, if I'm a payments company and I, I want to come to Quando and, and, you know, start harnessing my data, how can I ensure that the people that we're sharing it with are using it properly? Yeah. Um, great question. We get all the time. It's obviously top of mind for a lot of folks. The risk is really high, especially with GDPR. It's, you know, a substantial fraction of, of annual revenues. If, you're, you're found to be in violation. So something we take really seriously, we have a really strong due diligence process where we go through and understand, you know, do you have the rights to sell the data? You know, what kind of, what kind of um, agreements do you have in place with your users? Um, and then we offer our clients protection, right? So we offer them some contractual protections as well. So that's, that's one part of it. Uh, the other part is, you know, making sure we understand what's actually in the data, how it's collected, um, and then working with the the owners, the providers of the data, to uh, structure it in a way that you know doesn't reveal anything that's personally identifiable, doesn't expose anything that's gonna gonna give them put our provider at a competitive disadvantage or harm the customers. Right. So thankfully, investors really aren't concerned about any one individual's information. Right. So they really care about what's happening with this company, um, what's happening with the consumer, the customers of this company in aggregate. So you know, we're able to create products that leverage these sort of higher level aggregates that speak to sort of the metrics that investors care about, but nece- but don't necessitate us having sort of access to that lower level of information. So it's definitely possible to work within regulations like GDPR. We've, we've done that a number of times. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure a lot of it can be anonymized probably. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Well, Bill, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us um, on the podcast today. It's certainly very interesting uh, what you guys are doing over there. I'm sure there's a lot of companies out there that could that are looking to figure out how to harness their data and, and use it in more valuable ways. So what's the best way for someone listening to get a hold of you guys? So, I mean, if you if you think you have interesting data, please do reach out. Uh, you can find us just at, at quandle.com. We actually have a page set up for Folks who are interested in monetizing their data, they can run through a quick survey and get in touch with us super easily. So, you know, we definitely want to want to hear from everybody who's 
who's out there and thinks they have something interesting. You know, we're we're excited, especially looking for information, uh, uh, transactions data in Europe, which is pretty hard to come by. POS data, POS lending, supply chain financing, mobile wallets, et cetera. So, you know, definitely don't be shy and reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Thanks again, Bill, for joining. Uh, and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.